Good morning. Man, great crowd this morning, great spirit. Yeah, I think we're going to have an awesome afternoon, aren't we? I mean, it's going to be like a blue sky, sunshine, about 60 degrees. Somebody said they're going sunbathing. I said, man, you're crazy. No, but anyway, I think they are going to wash your cars today. How many are going to wash your car today? How many of you need to wash your car today? Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. Well, let me just go ahead and tell you. Last time I checked, God still runs Christ Community Church. Amen. And he had his way this week. I have a habit that I've been doing for a long time as a pastor, studying, preparing, teaching. And on Tuesdays, I pull back in my inner sanctum in my back study in my office, and I get ready. And, man, it came pretty quick, and I had the outline knocked out. And when I knock out the outline, that's the first really huge hurdle. I'm like, okay, now I kind of know where we're going to go. Had it done, submitted it to the Lord. I felt like it was good, and God said, no. Not audibly, just, you know, in my spirit. And I'm like, man, please, Lord, I'm already finished. He said, what have I been telling you to preach on for a while? I said, no, not that subject. He said, yes. So he took me to the floor. I feel like he impressed me to get on my knees. So I got on my knees and talked to him. He pinned me to the floor. (laughs) And he told me to take that outline I had and just throw it to the side and not preach it. And he told me to preach on a subject that my flesh is still gnarling about. It's, it's just raging. It can't stand it. I'm going to use the F word in church, fasting. He wants me to talk about fasting. And some of you are like, yeah! The super spiritual people, you're like, yes, God, we've been praying for a word from God. And the other people are just going, you've got to be kidding. Fasting? Well, I'm going to build a biblical support case for why we need to do this i looked in my notes and i have them all even though i seem like i'm very unorganized in other ways i'm severely organized to be unorganized but i have systems and i can pull out every tape cd sermon that i've preached since we started our church and i have systems and i know so i look back i said god i know i preached on fasting one time and it was at aum 1997 and god said it's time to go back but it's a new word and the other thing is on television for the last five or six weeks everybody's been saying Fasting, fasting, 21 days of fasting, fasting, books, prayers, my favorite, Ed Young, all these different people. Everybody's talking about fasting. I'm like, but not us, not at Christ community. We like to eat. And God said, no, you need to talk about it. He didn't say uh, if. He said when you fast is what the gospel said. So I submitted to the Lord. So all week I've been just kind of preparing and studying through this. I want to talk to you about prayer and fasting. For some of you, you've never heard a message on this. For some of you, you've heard it, but you've never applied it. We have too many of those messages around here. And for some of you, it'll just recalibrate you and it'll get you ready for what God's got because the topic is I finish up the series. This year, I will. This year, I will what? Let God change me. That was a topic. And then God said through prayer and fasting. So this morning, turn to the back of your worship guide. If you're a guest, we're grateful that you're here today. Turn to the back. You can follow me a little easier than uh, normal. And uh, we'll try to have PowerPoint that'll come up to support this sermon this morning. But I just want us to stop and pray, and let's really get ready. Father, I pray for an open heaven, and I pray for no barriers, and I pray your word would ring forth from my mouth, from this platform. I pray it would find, as an arrow looks for a target, I pray it would hit the target of the heart of men and women and boys and girls. And we live in anticipation this morning of opening your word and you speaking to us in Christ's name. Amen. 
Well, you know, when I say fasting, some go, wah, 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 wah. I don't want to talk about fasting. Well, I didn't really ask you, and I, and I asked the Lord what he wants us to talk about every weekend, but he says, do this. So I want you to look at the top of your outline. The Lord wants us to do three things according to Matthew 6. I'm going to do a whole series on Matthew 6 starting next weekend called The World's Greatest Prayer. But this morning I've got to get to this. And in this particular chapter of Scripture, there's three things here that he uh, illustrates for us. And he says, according to Matthew 6, I want to do this. I want you to pray, I want you to fast, and I want you to give. I want you to pray, I want you to fast, and I want you to give. And somebody's like, well, I'm going to pray. And I'm thinking about giving, or I do give, but I ain't going to pray. Or I'm going to pray and I'm going to give, but that fasting or something. I'm going to fast, but I'm not going to give and I'm not going to pray. God says, I want you to do all three as Christ followers. See, to fast is to follow a discipline of a Christ follower, of a Christian. And you say, God, I want what you have in my heart. And here's what I want you to feel in here. When we fast, we deepen our relationship with God. See, fasting is going to be tough. And we're going to talk about this a lot this morning. I'm, my prayer is that God is speaking to you as he's been speaking to my heart all month about this subject. And he's going to get us ready for something supernatural, a supernatural fast, a supernatural work that he does. Bill Bright, the former Campus Crusade for Christ founder, I've heard him speak many times, powerful man, probably has had the greatest impact of the gospel of Jesus Christ on the world of any man that's ever lived. I mean, just an amazing man, fought, had all kind of lung disease in the later years of his life and continued to run uh, Campus Crusade for Christ. He won the Templeton Award. The Templeton Award is even bigger than the Nobel Peace Prize. It, like, carries a $1.7 million winning with it. Pretty good, huh? And he devoted all this money back to the study of prayer and fasting because he knew for the Great Commission to be fulfilled, it would take Christians praying and fasting and laboring until Jesus came again. So I'm going to give you some stuff about Bill as we get a little bit more into this message. But it says it's going to deepen our relationship. But let's look at the quote here together. Look on your outline on the worship notes. Earnestly fast and pray with a pure heart. Circle that. With a pure heart. God didn't want your wicked, mucky heart, but he'll take whatever you've got, offer it to him, but he wants to make your heart pure and proper motives and expect the miracle of God's grace. Let me just say this this morning. Some of you girls are going, all right, the pastor's given a word from God, fasting. Girls, it's not a diet. That's what not what I'm trying to talk to you about. I mean, I have fasted over 30 years that I've been a Christ follower, and sometimes I've been very effective, and sometimes haven't, and sometimes I've just neglected food, but I've gotten so busy doing other things, then I was starving my flesh and my soul and my spirit. And I'm going to say this over and over today. If you fast, you've got to feed your spirit man, and the church said. If you don't, you're going to be absolutely miserable and irritable and testy and hard to be with. You just ain't going to like it. I mean, and some of us are like, I'm fasting because the pastor said so. <sighs> I mean, man, you just might as well just go ahead and just don't even fast if you got that kind of attitude. And some of you are going, well, I don't want to fast. I didn't ask you if you want to fast. There's a lot of things I don't want to do. But they're needed. They're biblical. So as we build this case, we're going to see here. But I had Adam change the worship set. That last song we did was a famous song a few years ago, and we did it here a lot at Christ Community. That song has a deep place in my spiritual walk with Christ. I just kind of felt the spiritual pulse of the room. And I sense that song still has a pulse. Would you say so, church? I, I just saw as we sang that back to the Lord, you could just sense that, God, I really am desperate for you. And that's easy to sing that song. 
But if you're really desperate for God to speak to you, if you're desperate for God to intervene in your situation, you need to fast. And some of you are saying, well, that's why I'm not seeing that, because fasting means I redirect my food source. Write that down. Fasting means I redirect my food source to something higher. And a lot of us need redirecting in our spiritual journey. Ed Young, I like what he says, it's a collision in the stadium of the stomach. I mean, there's a major collision going on. When you fast, you're not going to go, blessed is my pastor. You're probably going to go, I'm going to find a new church. Well, you can find a new church, but it won't be any more biblical. Because this is God's word for his church. We need to discover his perspective. And awesome, I want you to hear this, awesome power is released from the throne room of heaven when we fast. And some of us don't have a lot of awesome power because we never fast. Some of us don't even hardly pray, or maybe we do pray, but during the fasting time, we say that God, fasting, here's what I want you to see. Fasting is a sacrifice. God calls you and I to a sacrificial life as he has given his supreme sacrifice in his son Jesus. And God wants us to sacrifice our praise and our worship, and yes, even our appetites back to him from time to time, is he gives leadership. You know, when you look at the life of Jesus, before he began his ministry, he fasted 40 days and nights as he was led off into the wilderness and the tempter of the devil came and tried to mess him up and Jesus was victorious. So as I was thinking about that, Jesus fasted before he began this great work that God had called him to do. Now, I want you to look at Matthew 4, 3 through 4. The tempter came to him and said, If you're the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. And Jesus answered, It is written, Man does not live by bread alone, but on every word that proceeds that comes from the mouth of God. So Jesus was trying to help us today in 2008 to go, if you will fast, these things will happen. And we don't need to be tempted. I mean, we're going to be tempted by the devil and by our flesh and everything else. And God says, you need to do this. Now I want you to look. Four things we must do. Get ready to write. You need to write these down. You need to take these out of here. You need to reflect on them this week and see if God speaks to you. Number one, we need to declare our dependence on God and Him alone. God, I'm dependent on you. All my source of strength and life and joy and peace and prosperity and health and attitude and comfort and power and whatever. God, it all comes from you. God, God says, I needed to, he wants us to declare our dependence on him. And some of us are like, I'm dependent on myself. I'm dependent on my ability to make money. I'm dependent on my ability to get this done. And a lot of times we look like it because our flesh never does very well, near as good. And fasting is not the exercise of the spiritually elite. It's the exercise of all Christ followers. Now, I want to preface this this morning. There could be some people in this room that are diabetic this morning hyperglycemic, some medical condition, doctor, uh, um, thank you. I, I'm just sitting there, I, I looked at, I, I ran Felix and James and Jim, and, and I know him so well. Jim, I'm sorry, I just, you're, you're and I almost, you know, called you uh, whatever. But anyway, Dr. Jim, he happens to be my doctor, and I'm grateful for him. But whoever your physician is, you might need to go see them before you fast. And if you have a medical condition, but I don't want anybody to go, oh, pastor, I have a medical condition. What's your medical condition? I'm hungry. Oh, that ain't a condition. I want to go to Outback and do it. I, I just want to go eat. I want to go gorge. Well, you know, if you fast, sometimes you get rid of all these toxins in our body. That's a whole other message for another day. And see, and some of our have a tradition from the Catholic Church and from the Methodist and Episcopal Church, we would, we would take Lent and we would remove something from our diet like cauliflower. Or we would remove something from our life that we really didn't cost as much. Well, this isn't Lent. 
This is a thing that God's calling us to remove food from our diet. And it might be that you have to do other things. It's not only food, but food definitely gets our attention. So I like what John 3.30 says. He must become greater and I must become less. He must increase. I must decrease. So here it is. In, In the Old Testament, Jehoshaphat lines up the armies of God and they're ready to go out and do battle. And God calls them to praise and he calls them to fast. All through the Old Testament and the New Testament, we see people fasting, setting aside time to go vertical with God. It becomes their their new perspective. And in fasting, God says, I require something of you. Humility and righteousness. Humility and righteousness. Number two, I want you to see this. All right, so we need to humble ourselves. We need to declare that we're dependent. And then we need to ask for forgiveness. When we go into a fast, we need to ask forgiveness. I will promise you, if you get serious about a fast, God will bring so much to your mind and heart, you just can't stand it. I'm preparing for a fast right now in my own life. And God has, man, he nailed me yesterday. It was like bullets just coming from heaven. And this morning as I was having devotions, God just continued to speak to me about stuff. I'm like, God, we haven't even started the fast yet. You can slow up. I mean, does anybody know what I'm talking about? If you really have a walk with God and you get honest with Him, He'll show you where you've sinned. Hello? I have people all the time that come to me and say this. Pastor, do you remember a week ago, two weeks ago, I said something to you? I'm like, yeah, I remember He spoke to me. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. I was out of place. Would you please forgive me? You know why they did that? Because that made them feel good. They did that because God instructed them. The great thing is I don't like, I don't even remember what you said, unless it was about me. And uh, and, and so, yeah, and that, no, that's not all that matters. And I go... Whatever, and I go, but that's good. You, you, you want to get cleansed. And let me tell you, if you fast, God is going to show you to keep some short accounts. He's going to show you some things where you've got some deposits, some sin residue in your life, and He wants you to clean it up. You're saying, well, why would I want to fast and know that? Because you want to be pure, and you want to be holy, and you want to be used of God to His fullest capacity. Do I have a witness? How many of you want to have an influential witness for Jesus Christ? Then sometimes we've got to fast. So let's keep building the case here. So we ask for forgiveness, and and that's a critical point. And then the next one here, well, let let me just put it this way. A few weeks ago, we were having a staff meeting, and uh, we were going right along. Several things were going, and then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit just really interrupted my day in the meeting. And he had me go vertical, and he had me confess, and he had me share some things with the staff. And I sat there transparent and exposed before the people that loved me, and I loved them. And some of them began to share some stuff, and we confessed some things that we aren't all that we need to be. And we had an hour prayer meeting right there at our church in the conference room. Amen? And God met with us. And out of that, God's just been showing us about how to get clean and how to have more power in our life. And uh, so some of you, Daniel 9.5 says, We have been wicked, we have rebelled, we have turned away from your commandments and your laws. Sometimes we get... Uh, Catawampus, spell that word. We, we get a, that's a good word for you, Jason. And, uh, and we, we, we get, he likes words. And we, we go astray, we go away from God, we go astray. And God says, I want you to return to me. But I want to show you the next one, the third one. The completion of the Great Commission is at stake. That's one reason we want to declare our dependence on God because we say, God, we want to complete that which you called us to. If you call Christ community and you don't get Cheryl's voice live, and, which is a wonderful thing. I'm thankful. How many of you are thankful for Cheryl this morning? Hurry, that's right. I love that voice. Okay. Hi. And, uh, and how many of you are thankful for, no. Okay. So, so, uh, so you call. But if you get a recording, there's this other voice. It's really sweet. His name's, her name is Chrissy. 
And Chrissy goes through a little litany of things that we've asked her to say, and then she goes, fulfilling the Great Commission in... Have you never called the church? That's because Cheryl's always here. Okay, fulfilling... I saved you on that one, okay? Fulfilling the Great Commission in Montgomery and the world, because we believe we're world-class Christians, amen? And that we have a mission to the gospel of Jesus Christ. I mean, Randy Williams, he didn't go to Brazil because he wants to take a vacation from Lisa. He goes because he believes that God's called him to build churches for the glory of God. We go to Russia and have sleeping bag ministry and we build churches in northern India and we do all these things because we believe the world matters to Jesus. But we go across the street and throughout the city and in our neighborhood because we believe the gospel matters to every person that hears our voice. So we want to complete the Great Commission. It's just really critical here. We get leverage. Let me set it up this way. The other day, my daughter had to borrow my car because hers was up here at the church. She left it here. And she says, Dad, I need to take your car to the church. And I'm real funny about loaning out my convertible. It's a 96. It's kind of special. It's kind of old. And she's a teenager. And we'll just leave it at that, okay? But I, but I let her drive it. She drove it up here. Well, she changed the radio station. And I, and I pray a lot. And I talk on the cell phone a lot. And I listen to CDs. So I don't listen to the radio near as much. But then the other morning, I had to go downtown to teach a Bible study. And I turn on the radio, and she has changed my radio dial. But she didn't know she was setting Daddy up for a blessing. She was listening to Rick and Bubba. And I cried all the way downtown, listening to a secular radio station talk about the death of Rick's precious two-year-old that is a treasure in heaven that lost his life at a very early age. But here's what happened. is that memorial services, thousands gathered in 251 first-time decisions for Jesus Christ. Amen. But here, it even gets better. And then they're playing parts of this over the airwaves, and I'm listening to, uh, I'm listening to Bubba receive calls. I mean, don't you love, that's a good southern name. What's your name? Bubba. Okay. And uh, if your name Bubba, that's okay. I, I love the name Bubba. It's just, it's kind of southern. Okay. Anyway, so Bubba's taking all these calls, and people are calling and giving testimony. And here's what I heard. My daughter wanted me to go to the service, because we all feel like we know Rick and Bubba, because we listen to them on the radio. And they said, so we went to the service. I want you to know I recommitted my life to Jesus Christ because of that. And another woman called in. She goes, I want you to know I pulled over off I-20 the other day and gave my life to Jesus Christ on the side of the interstate. God is using the death of that little boy to fulfill the Great Commission this morning. It's not wasted. And it's going all across that syndicated program. See, God will use what He'll use. And then I'm thinking, well, we don't, hopefully we don't have to have a death to get us speaking the gospel. So let's be warriors for the Most High King, church. We're going to two services because we believe what we do in here matters to the world. That people need Jesus. Amen? Amen. If you die without Jesus, you're going to come screaming back, I needed Jesus. And it'll be too late. So we better start proclaiming Him now. And somebody's like, well, I don't know how. Well, I tell you what, I have taught him. Get my series, just walk across the room. Or get, or, or we'll have another series coming up and our teenagers are fixing to go to a conference called Dare to Share. We will train you to share the gospel of grace because the gospel of grace matters this morning, church. And then you're saying, man, you're fired up. Well, I better be fired up. I'm the preacher. But you better be fired up if you're a Christ follower. We need to share Christ. I mean, if it, does it take a secular radio personality to promote and get the gospel pumped up in the pulpits this morning? Much less in the lives of believers, it might. And here, completion of the Great Commission. Look at the fourth one. We need to seek a divine visitation from God. 
God, we need you to come and visit. God, we need you to just show up when we meet in worship. God, you're our love relationship. This past Tuesday, I fell in love with Jesus 30 years ago. Three decades in the faith of my Savior. And God's just really bringing me back to my first love and falling more in love with Him and wanting more of Him. And Isaiah 58, 9 says, And then you will call and the Lord will answer and you will cry for help. And He will say, Here am I. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing finger and the malicious talk, God says, Do you love my word? Will you feast on my word? Will you spend time in my presence? Will you seek a divine visitation privately in your prayer closet? Will you seek a visitation with me when you come into the living room and you gather as Christ followers and as people that are seekers of the gospel? And will you begin to do what I want you to do? But the discipline of fasting got lost in the last few decades. And there's been several books written and it gets a little popularity and then it dies out. I know why it dies out because it's hard. It's a discipline. How many of you like discipline? Yesterday, my wife talked me into something. I've been riding the bicycle for about 15 years. Sometimes I'll ride as many as 40 to 50 miles a week on a stationary bike. But I like to ride the bicycle. It's very good on my knees. It's low impact. And I ride a lot. The only thing is I have drifted into this course before I don't push myself enough, but I can go. But I rode a bunch of miles. I did the time. Oh, boy. So my wife says, because she's all into gravity classes and all these things. I'm so proud of her and Rachel. Now they got Hannah hooked on it. And I'm like, man, I'm, I'm the guy that used to always work out. And y'all used to say, I ain't going to the gym. Now y'all go to the gym make me feel guilty. I mean, how is that? You know? So Donna says, would you like to go to the spinning class with me? I said, I, I, I would love to go with you, sweetie. <sighs> I'm, over here, but I'm, I'm having a stroke. The only good news is they turn the lights off in this room. So, so you can just die and they can like, when the class is over, they can just like push you out and have a service for you. And what's worse, I got enough ego in me. Let me give you a definition of ego. Edge God out. Mostly women in that class. And half of them are screaming about how much fun they're having. And I'm over there. And you know, I think I'm in decent shape. I'm in, I'm in pitiful shape. Pitiful pit on me with a big P. And then I'm dying. And five times I wanted to quit. Only thing was, there's this woman next to me. I'm married to her. I can't quit. You know, I'm a former athlete. You know, man, I'm just, right now my legs hurting so bad I can't stand it. Doctor Jim, help me, man. Now I tell you that that's discipline. There wasn't nothing fun about it. And the girl got front goes, "Are y'all having fun?" I'm like, I, I didn't tell you what I wanted to tell her. It wasn't spiritual, but I'm like, no. I mean. Y'all having too much fun with this. You see, she was having fun, and me being the outgoing person I use in, I couldn't open my mouth. I'm just, she's like, turn the resistance up. I'm like, turn the resistance up, you know. <laughs> so y'all don't know what I'm talking about. Some of you know, some of you are like, he's a fool. I'll be a fool for Jesus. I'll die on that tread, on that treadmill, on that, on that spinning class. But you know what? I've determined I'm going back to the class. Even if it kills me, I'm going back. Okay. All right. So. We need a visitation. We need discipline. And here's, here, let me get back to the subject. Here's what we do. When we fast, it eliminates distractions. When you fast, it eliminates distractions and it aligns you with God. You and I need a spiritual alignment. And we get a spiritual alignment through fasting and no other way will align you as great as you do when you fast. You go and I pray. Praying is good. You say, I read the Bible. Reading the Bible is good. You say, I serve. Serving is good. You say, I worship. I, I teach. I, I do this and that. That is good. 
but you fast, you get greater aligned. And this morning, and this is hard for me to tell you, but I'm just saying God's calling us to fast. Now, I want you to look at this right here. Get ready to fill this in. We are triune people. That means we're made up of three parts. It's very basic theology, but I want to break it down so somebody can maybe get an understanding this morning. We're made up of body, soul, and spirit. We're triune. We're three. Our God is a Trinitarian God. He's the Father. He's the Son. And He's the Holy Spirit. Holy Ghost. What you want to call Him, okay? But He's three distinct persons, but He's one. And we are one person, but we're made up body, soul, and spirit. Okay? Now, I want to to talk to you about that. We understand our body. Our body is our flesh and our blood and it pumps and our heart muscle and it works and our demands of our flesh demand to be met. And we all understand. We all have flesh cravings. When I was in college, we used to call it, are you taking a flesh break? We, we, a bunch of us had just gotten saved and somebody go, I'm taking a flesh break. We don't need no flesh breaks, okay? Our flesh will take care of itself. But our flesh, and we understand our body, and our body will take over. That's why there's sin. That's why there's sexual immorality. That's why there's so many things because our flesh demands to be fed. And it's like, feed me! I mean, how many of you, even when you're not hungry, you just eat because your body just wants to be fed? And you know what my roughest day is? Of the week? Saturday? I'm going to tell you what, man, if, if I don't have weddings and I study throughout the day and the night, but there's times maybe if I get free for here and there, and, and man, I'm telling you, I do war with a cupboard. I mean, I don't know about you, man, and there's something about when you go to a ball game, when you go to a ball game, is your body, you go to the beach or to the lake, you go on vacation. Have you ever found out when you go on vacation, all you want to do is eat? That's called your flesh, man. They're saying, feed me, feed me. And then there's the soul. And your soul is your mind, will, and emotions. And your soul, it demands to have its needs met. And it, and it says, I want to be in charge. I want to be in charge. I'm, I'm over you. I'm Lord over you. Well, not really, but it acts like it is. And animals have a soul. They don't have a spirit, but animals have a soul. So we have a body and a soul. But then there's a third part, because we're made in the image of God, we have a spirit. We have the spirit man. And when we get born again, the Bible says God regenerates our spirit. And God says, feed the spirit. You feed the spirit through your appetite of God's word. You feed your spirit by spending time in His presence. You feed your spirit by praising and worshiping and exalting Him. And yes, you even feed your spirit by fasting, abstaining from food. So there's a constant war going on here. And the body and soul want to be nourished. They want to be entertained. But the spirit man needs to be fed. And the spirit man needs to dominate in the body of Jesus Christ this morning, church. God's Spirit wants to dominate me. He wants to dominate you. But He doesn't dominate us enough because we don't yield to Him. We don't surrender to Him. We uh, we don't fast. And He says, lose dominion. Let me tell you how big this uh, food thing is. In the garden, it started with food. They partook of the apple. The flesh said, feed me. And the soul said, I want to be like God. I want to be like God. I want to be like God. And what did Eve do? She succumbed, she fell to the temptation. And then there's a story in the Old Testament that I've always liked, and, and it's about Esau. And what did Esau do? He sold his birthright to his brother because he was hungry. He was the hairy one, the hunter, but he sold his birthright because he wanted food. He had to feed the flesh. The flesh was saying, feed me, feed me, feed me. So we need to lose dominion of our flesh and of our soul. And we need to submit afresh this morning to the Spirit. How many of you, is this getting you to your spirit this morning? I sense you're getting this. Are you getting this today? 
Man, this is good biblical teaching that will help us be strong because our stomachs want to rule. Let me tell you this. Right in the passage, Numbers chapter 11. They're there in the wilderness. They're there in the Old Testament. And they and they God's uh, done some things for them. And they enter into the moan zone. And they ate themselves out of the promised land. Because they started complaining. They started murmuring. And it was all about eating. Like, you know, well, God provides manna. I'm tired of manna. I'm tired of manna. I don't want no more angel cakes. No more manna. No more manna. I want some meat. I want some meat. You know what God did? I'll give you some meat. He rained down quail and thumped them with quail. I don't want no more quail. I don't want no more quail. I, don't... I mean, I'm just looking forward to the day when I go, I don't want any more steak, no more steak, no more steak, no more steak. Don't give me any steak. I'm tired of chicken. I'm just tired of fillets, fillets, fillets. That's all we eat. Well, I had I had never been at that point. I would welcome that. Now, I shouldn't have said that my doc's in the house. That would not be good for my cholesterol. I understand that. Okay, let's go back and eat chicken. Okay, rubber chicken. Okay, all right, here we go. So, stomach rules. And let me just give you a practical word this morning. It might help some of you. When you fast, you might want to consider removing yourself from other forms of entertainment, not just food. Maybe the television, the newspaper, books, different things that just rob you so you can consume more of the Word, more of the Word, more of Christ. You see, every time we fast and we abstain from food, our body and our soul revolt. But if we don't feed the spirit man, we lose. He doesn't have dominion. So there's things that clouds up. There's eight situations which fasting is appropriate. Get ready to write quickly. Number one, when you're in transition... You should fast. You're changing jobs. You're looking at changing a city. You're looking at doing something ma- major in your life. There's a transition. You need, you need direction. You need leadership. You need to fast. And so many people are like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I know what you need to do. Fast. You shouldn't have said fast. I'm in the gym the other day working out. Guy comes up to me. He used to be one of my former teenagers and he loves to work out and, you know, really got a great physique and he's serious about it. And he comes up to me, he's all perplexed. He says, Keith, I need to talk to you about a couple things. And he did it. He says, what do you think I ought to do? I am so in tune right now with what God wants to say about fasting. I said, I know what you're supposed to do. Fast. He said, huh? I said, fast. I think you need to fast. You need a spiritual breakthrough. You need to fast. It's the only way God's going to speak to you. Have you ever fasted? He said, I think you might be right. And I want to go, I don't think I'm right. I know I am. <laughs> you need to fast. And nobody wants to hear that. Even in the church of Jesus Christ, we don't tell people to fast. We just go, let's go to McDonald's, get a Happy Meal. That's pitiful, isn't it? Unless you got kids. Okay, all right. So, number two, you need to fast when you're in desperation. You're confused. You're helpless. You're in a battle. Where do you turn? You turn to God. God cares for you. God, I'm desperate. That song says, I'm desperate for you. If you're in a desperate time, it calls for desperate measures. And desperate measure would be to fast. Number three, for the future. It's appropriate when you don't know about your future and great projects and you take on big stuff and you need to redirect your appetite to Him and say, God, feed me, God of heaven. Feed me, bread of life. Living water, fill me. I need something for my future. Fourth, in spiritual warfare. I could preach about this for the next three weeks and I won't. Just write down the passage of Daniel 10. Write down 1 Peter 5, 8. But the greater the spiritual attack, the more you need to fast. And yes, you even need other people sometimes to fast for you. Over my ministry, I've had people that have fasted for me. At AUM, they had a prayer thing. I thought about this this week studying. And some people come to me and says, Pastor, we're going to fast for you every single day of the month. Different people fasted every day. That'd be awesome if, if 30 or 40 of you said, we're fasting for our pastor and for our staff and for our church. That would require discipline one day a month. I talked to a friend this past week. He fasted five years for me once a week. 
He's not my friend anymore. No, he's still my friend. He's in another state. But this guy just fasted for me all the time. And I know I have more power when people fast because there's an attack on the body of Christ. Would you agree, church? And Satan will battle you when you fast, and he will discourage you. So let me tell you, if you choose to fast, get ready for the battle. But greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Jesus is mighty today, church. I came to remind you. I came to tell you. I came to give you hope. So you move through this and you go, God, I want greater spiritual insight, so I've got to fast. There's a guy, we support his ministry. There was a group that stood down here one time and sang. They were called Mission. I listened to their CD a lot when I work out. They were anointed young people that travel all over the world taking Bibles to China and doing different projects. And Vernon Brewer is ahead of it. He also, Vernon Brewer, is ahead of World Help. We just did a three-year process, $18,000. We planted churches in northern India, didn't we, Mike Murphy? And Vernon Brewer is the president of that organization. But I read something I never knew. I was studying the preparation for this, and I read about his life. In 1985, he was the dean of students at Liberty University. He was the most liked dean on campus because he was fair and equitable and a holy man. And he had cancer. And he was in bad shape. And the student body at Lynchburg then was 5,000 students. And 5,000 students excluding 50 because 50 had physical uh, affirmative problems. And they said, we'll fast but not food. So they had to open up the cafeteria just for those 50. But 40 950 people fasted around the clock for this man. They filled the chapel up every single hour on the hour for Vernon Brewer. Guess what happened? He had to have a five-pound mass removed. He had to go through chemo and radiation. And today, 23 years later, he is healthy and serving the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And that's what God does. Sometimes God just has breakthroughs. You're saying, well, man, you're talking about radical Christianity, Pastor. Well, who wants to sign up for wimpy Christianity? I ain't, man, let me tell you, this bubble right here, if I'm going to ride a bike and die, then I'm going to go forward in the spirit too. Now, you just think, oh, somebody will be laughing going, our pastor, he's a fool, man. Can you see him? I'll tell you, if you want to really jack somebody up, let's go together and support one another. We have a support group over at the Y. And we'll be in the moan zone. But we might get healthy together. Just a thought. Just thought I'd challenge a few other. Here's the fifth one. Bereavement. You're in a tough situation. Man, you, you, you need to fast. And it says, they buried their bones under a great tree in Jabesh there in Chronicles. And it said they fasted seven days. Sometimes you go through that, you need to fast. Six, in distress. Just before dawn, Paul urged them all to eat. For the last 14 days, he said, you have been in constant suspense and have gone without food. You haven't eaten anything. You need to eat. Man, they fasted. They, they, so in bereavement, number six, they were in distress there. That's what I just talked about. Number seven, they're seeking God's intervention. If you want to seek God's intervention, you fast. You humble yourself with fasting. God, I need you to show up on behalf of me. I need you to do something great, God, in my life. If you don't come, Lord, I'm in trouble, okay? And then number eight, let me move quickly with you. You seek God's guidance. Lord, I want to worship you and I want to fast as the Holy Spirit prompts me and leads me to. So, Lord, please give me guidance in my life. And this morning, so many of us don't have guidance because we haven't fasted. In Isaiah chapter 58, I want you to turn there. Isaiah 58. It's a key passage of today. It's called the chapter in all the Bible on fasting. Isaiah 58. Get your Bibles. Turn there quickly. Hurry. Isaiah 58. 
And it says there in verse 3, Yet on the day of your fasting you do as you please, and you explore all your workers, and your fasting ends in quarreling and strife, and striking each other with a wicked fist, and you cannot fast as you do today, and expect your voice to be heard on high. Let me stop there. If you do this kind of jump, it ain't going to get through. Is this the kind of fast I've chosen, only a day for a man to humble himself? Is it only for bowing one's head like a reed, is for lying on sackcloth and ashes? Is that what you call a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Is this not the kind of fasting I've chosen to loosen the chains of injustice, to untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free, and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe him and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? And then, and only then, your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear and then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your real guard. Is that awesome, folks? And you can just read the rest of that chapter. Man, Isaiah, he has something to say to us there. And here's, I want you to write this down real quickly. There's three things, four things that he tells us. He tells us that our healing will come when we fast. Some of you might be spiritually, physically, emotionally broke, sick, diseased. And if you want healing, you need to fast. Number two. He says you need holiness in your life. God demands holiness. It's not just song and topics and themes that we sing about. God says I demand purity. So he wants to heal us. He wants to give us holiness. And here's in in verse 8, I like what he says. He says the glory of God will be your rear guard. Here it is. As you cry out for help. God will give you and I help when we fast. And I need the help of the Lord. How about you, church? And then the fourth thing is he says he will be our heritage. In verses 8, 58, 12. He will give us a godly heritage if we put him first. And we say, God, you are our heritage. You, you are who we are, God. We want to, we belong to you. We want to serve your purposes. And God cleanse us of our toxins. God cleanse us of our sin, of our iniquity. God, get us right with you. We want to go on. It slows us down. And right across the bottom, I want you to go there quickly with me. Fasting is an act of worship and it feeds God. Fasting is when we worship, when we give, we worship. When we fast, we worship. And it feeds God. It blesses his heart. And I've put a, a website for you. There's so much more on this. It's a Bill Bright website. www.billbright.com slash how to fast. You need to go there and get more information. I, I'm just so passionate about this this morning. And there's seven things we need to do. Set an objective. Make a commitment. Prepare yourself spiritually. There's no way you can keep up. Don't worry about it. Prepare physically. Put yourself on a schedule. In fast gradually. And expect results. Now let me tell you what I just did that for. I just frustrated the fool out of all of you. Going, I can't write that fast. We have a new website at Christ Community. And I'm so excited about it. And I am blogging and the staff is blogging and articles. And let me tell you what's going to happen. You need to start going to our website all the time to register for events. And you need to go there and find out and read what's happening in your pastor and staff's heart. And I'm going to write an article this week on fasting. I want everybody to go there. And the church said, go to our website and I'm going to write. See, when I can't finish stuff, I'm going to write more. And we're going to take the world for Jesus Christ through the web. Amen? If Rick and Bubba can take the airwaves through the radio, we're going to claim the web for Jesus Christ. The church, right. Let's thank God for that. Amen. Let me tell you what's happening with our new website. There's been an explosion of download of my sermons. Because they're free. I know people are cheap, but here's the deal. You can go there, you can take the notes, you can preach it. I don't care. Just give God glory. Amen. And so go, and people are downloading iTunes and iPods. not downloading iPods. If they do, I'm going there. And uh, But they can do all kind of cool stuff. But let me set you up right now. I'm calling us to a fast Thursday, January 31st. I'm calling us to a 24-hour fast. 
I've given you biblical reasons. I've asked you now to go talk to God. Because see, we're embarking on something so big. I don't want to miss what God's got. Let me tell you the things I wrote down if you want to write them down. Here's why I think we're fasting. Because I want souls to be one. I want us to develop a passionate heart for the lost. I want us to get a more effective witness for Christ. I'm expecting a harvest. I'm believing for the baptism waters to be released again. And I want you to hear this one. In the last four weeks, our money has really fallen off. Our crowds are way up and our money's way down. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. We're running about $3,500 a week off budget right now. And I think through fasting, God will get our attention and we'll redirect our appetite. And I'm asking God to give us a spiritual breakthrough because I believe Christ community is going to be a church to the nations if we get serious with the Lord Jesus Christ. And fasting will do it. How many of you want to join in on that kind of army, church? We want to be a mighty army unto the Lord. And it's going to take us fasting and praying. And I've just pushed some of your buttons. You're freaking out going. <laughs> well, every time you freak out, just think about the pastor on that bicycle dying and you start laughing. And then you go get a scripture and say, God, feed my soul. Feed my soul, God. Because I believe Jesus is coming again and I believe our neighbors matter to him. So we've got to make a difference. Let me tell you one last thing. Drink plenty of water. And get off the sugar and caffeine Monday and Tuesday. Or Tuesday and Wednesday. It might help your fast unless you just like headaches, okay? Here it is. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for so much teaching. Lord, I feel like a fire hydrant giving out the word of God. Lord, I could just preach all day, but I pray that, Lord, I've, I've given them a good meal. I pray they take it. And God, let us apply this word today. Don't let it be something just to stick in our notebook and go, oh, wasn't it sweet? And the pastor sweated. No, I pray we get serious about you, Jesus. I pray we get desperate for breakthroughs. I pray we get desperate to know you intimately. I cry out to you, the God of our salvation. Would you save some right now, Lord Jesus? Could some cry out and say, Lord Jesus, save me, a sinner. I'm just going to tell somebody, just cry out to Jesus right now. Ask Him to forgive your sin and to come into your life and be your Savior and Lord and have mercy on you. Ask God to have mercy on our souls. Ask God to give us His intervention in two services. We need you, God. We can't do these two services without you. Come in power and may your glory fall. God, the Bible says that if we build the house and unless the Lord builds it, we build it in vain. So we say, Father, build your house through us. Lord, we love you. We bless you. And God's people said, Amen. Well, I've given you about everything I've got. I'm ringing with. I'm going to ride the bicycle. See you at the Y. <laughs>